First off, we just want to thank all of our listeners for joining us on this second episode of Soul Chat. Uh, today, we have our special guest and my co-host, Yolan uh, Holyoke, or the man, the myth, the legend, the well father, uh, with us today. And we're going to learn all about him and his, his journey on his path up until this point. Um, and as always, we like to start with opening up the circle for any of those that would like to join us. Um, we will usually do some t- something like some drumming. We might use a rattle. Uh, we might improvise because sometimes, you know, that, that adds a little bit of flavor to the mix. But uh, we're going to turn that over to Bjolan to help us open up with what he wants to do today. Yeah, so we'll see kind of what I am going to come out with because it's unknown to me even up to this moment in time. So let's see. Mm, Okay. At this time, I would like to open the circle by calling on the four cardinal directions. We have the north in its ancient wisdom and power. The cold wind that blows hearkens to our ancestors, pulls at our roots and grounds us, and prepares us for trials, challenges, yet gives us the strength to overcome them. We call it in the east. The place where the sun rises. The place of birth and rebirth. Of magic and might. We call in the south. The fertile wilds, the animal spirits, the wonders that rain down from the sky. And we call on the West, the spirit of creativity and ingenuity of excitement and opportunity. We welcome these four directions and ask that their spirits come and join us in all spirits that wish us well and bring light to join us, those above and those below, and those all around, that they might join us in this episode of Soul Chat. (laughs) 
I don't know about our listeners, but calling upon the directions, every single one of those directions felt the energetic shivers <laughs> with each one. Mm. Such a powerful tool, I'd call it. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, <laughs> Thank you. That was amazing that that just came to you naturally. That sometimes that's the best way, though. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. But you know, I'm sure some ones in the future will be um, just as unique in their own ways. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Well, first, just to start off, um, just it's it's been a, almost a week since yeah. we've chatted i just wanted to check in how's your how's this last week been for you oh, it's been it's been all right you know ups and downs like every week um didn't get the best of news uh at a cancer appointment <laughs> the other day but that's all right um it's all part of my learning journey uh, but other than that things have been going really really well uh, honestly i had a chat with uh, AJ, a local uh, metaphysical shop and healer, um, owner, I guess, of the shop and then healer as well. And she was an absolute delight to talk to and um, looking at opportunities developing uh, my offerings in her space as well as uh, continuing to do that on my own. <laughs> so yeah, overall, a pretty good week. Yeah, isn't AJ just amazing? Oh, um, so much fun. Oh man, I... Uh... On my path, specifically, um, one of the wing shamans in the guild that I'm a part of specifically told me that I needed to find somebody to accept me for where I'm at. Yeah, and yeah. AJ and the group over at Vibes has done exact, exactly that. I couldn't ask for any more. I'm just glad I could make that introduction for you. And yeah, I really appreciate that. Keep... Uh, Keep us trekking forward. So, <laughs> as um, is the goal always, right? For sure, for sure. Um, so, I just want to start with, I guess the 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 number one question mm. um, that comes to my mind is, how did you how did you get put on your path? How long ago <laughs> was this? And like, oh man, let's let's dig into that. Okay. Whew. I'll try to keep this as, uh, well, to the path as possible. But um, so I grew up in a uh, remarkably religious household, Christian-based. And um, perhaps because of that, perhaps in spite of that, I was always very, very curious about uh, spirituality, especially as it existed throughout the world. And I always knew there was more to learn. There was more to do, more to experience and I was very, very fascinated by that. And so at an early age, you know, early teens, I really started looking into um, pagan practices. I felt, you know, a connection to 
my ancestors and a desire to know where I came from and come to know, I guess, the traditions and spirituality that existed uh, therewith. And so I kind of really got into, um, you know, Wicca and Druidism and Asatru and really started uh, trying to figure out where I fit in all of that um, and where it felt best. And I love all three. They've all got incredible, um, incredible practices and everything kind of blurs together a bit because spirituality is all from a greater divine truth, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I kind of started there and really, really studied hard. Um, but, you know, growing up in a fairly strict family, I didn't get to explore that too much outside of you know, in the broom closet, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that said, uh, as I, you know, grew up and I was in my uh, late teens, I had the opportunity to move abroad for a bit. I lived in Peru and then Bolivia um, for about a year. And while I was there, I had kind of my first of many eye-opening experiences. Um, there was a man who... Uh, while I was walking down the street with uh, a guy my age named uh, Marcelo, Marcelo Paco, <laughs> um, he was a, uh, a Peruvian, and um, actually, no, I think he was from La Pa. But anyway, sorry. Um, walking through the street, and this man grabbed me by the wrist, right, and like firm grip and said, Hey, you know, all in, this is all in Spanish. He's like, Hey, you know, I, I, I need to read your palm. Um, I don't know why, but I really feel like I need to. And I'm kind of taken aback by, you know, a clearly highly inebriated <laughs> man accosting me in the street. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially cause I was just some white dude down there. Um, and you know, we, at that time, especially uh, while Santa Cruz was pushing for autonomy. Um, yeah, the, the reaction to foreigners was an interesting and highly varied one. So there's a little bit of fear there, but at the same time, you know, he's like, no, I don't want any money. I don't want anything from you. Please, please just let me read your palm. I feel like I need to. And so after realizing he wasn't going to let me go and, you know, with essentially Marcelo's okay, um, I was like, all right, all right, fine, go for it, go for it. And he spun quite the interesting tale about losing my connection to my family, going through a divorce. Um, he told me all kinds of details about my family and how I would kind of drift a bit away from them and drift a bit away from uh, the beliefs that they held. And I would find my own path and forge my own truth. And it would take me to all sorts of different countries all over the world. Um, and at the time, I was I was pretty much just stuck on the losing the beliefs of my family and the divorce thing, because especially to somebody who had been pretty well indoctrinated in that Christian faith. Oh, nope, nope, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> never, never. Um, but lo and behold, you know, he was right. And um, true to his word, he didn't ask for anything and uh, went on our way. And years later, um, I found myself in Japan, kind of in this transition point where I was, as a matter of fact, kind of losing the connection that I had to um, the beliefs of my family. 
and, you know, my relationship with them as a result. And, uh, while I was there, man, Japan was a wild experience. Uh, spent about nine months of the year that I was there homeless. Uh, well, I guess it was like 13 or 14 months, something like that. But anyway, um, and during that time, um, I met an old man, uh, an old man kind of camped out on this mountainside, right? Um, while I was out wandering around with my tent and trying to figure out where to go, <laughs> I kind of hooked up with this little group, uh, that had been moving all over the place. And, um, while I was with him, you know, my tent was pitched across from his and, um, I was watching him as he, um, was working with people like men, women, children, all ages were coming into his tent, just filtering in, uh, stripping down, laying down on a tatami mat. And, you know, at the time I was like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I don't want to know. Zip, zip, zip. And it closed that. I was like, nope. Because I'm naturally, not in that, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was thinking, um, not, you know, not my not circus, your not my, exactly. Not yeah. your cup of tea. <laughs> but after, you know, after a while, I kind of had this thought that crossed my mind that went, so many people are filtering through his tent space and I'm not, well, I was hearing all kinds of things, you know, wailing and crying and laughing and sounds of pleasure, all kinds of stuff. So again, I was really kind of confused, but after a while I thought, surely, surely this cannot be sexual in nature, right? I was, I was thinking, surely, surely, like with the age range and the range of genders and everything, like, surely this can't just be sexual or this man is into some illegal stuff and is incredibly virile. <laughs> but so one day I kind of left my tent open and he, uh, I watched him, I watched him for a bit. And all he was doing was essentially energy work on these people um, in his space. And uh, eventually he saw me seeing him. Yeah, he's like, exactly. What's he's this like, what? Order? <laughs> looking at me for? Exactly. Give me the evil eye. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just sitting there, you know, kind of casually playing the role of voyeur and peeping on him and uh, seeing what he's doing. And eventually he's like, ne, ne, gaijin, kokonisuate. He's like, hey, hey, foreigner, like, come, come, over, come here. over here and sit down. <laughs> and, you know, my, my Japanese was pretty awful at the time but decent enough to communicate rudimentary rudimentarily uh, but i went over there and he didn't speak any english at all um but he kind of brought me in there and through the assistance of one of the women that were about my age kind of college age at the, that time um who was coming through pretty regularly with her help and just i guess the pure I don't, I don't know what I would even call it. Part of me is like, he did it just to mess with me. He taught me to like break down those cultural barriers, those stigmas that exist with nudity and physical contact and all that stuff. And he was just mm -hmm. messing with the white kid. But also at the same time, like he taught me how to do uh, energy work, which I've come to call Chikaro no Ido. Um, it's wells of power um, mm -hmm. is hopefully that's an accurate translation, but yeah, Chikaro no Ido. Um, and I, I worked with him for a couple, quite a few, uh, I'd say it was probably about four weeks of just 
all day working with him. He'd speak Japanese to her. She'd translate it in broken English to me. And so through her Japanese and her English. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Am I doing this right? Am I not doing this right? Oh, it was so great. It was so great. It it, it was kind of magical. But um, yeah, so I, I just kind of learned through this chain of communication and like my deep gratitude. I, I have such deep gratitude for both of them for not only their patience, but also their willingness to help teach me and help me learn. Um, and so, yeah, so I've been doing uh, energy work in Chikarano at this point in time for like 15 years. Oh, and wow. um, it's kind of a staple part of my practice. But from there, my path kind of got a little wonky because I was married in there for a stretch and she was... Um, on her own path, we'll say, that um, was pretty far removed from where spiritually I was hoping to go. And, um, you know, I, I wish her all the best in wherever she is now, but it did not, did not go well. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah like... it did not pan out. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. Again, it was another incredible learning experience for me that then has helped me uh, have compassion and understanding for other people in similar situations. Um, but since then, I really, really felt called. I was, I was, you know, working with energy and I was doing these healing practices and I was trying to figure out what else there was for me because I still felt that, that ancestral call Yeah, where it was, I deeply valued and appreciated everything that I had been taught and everything that I've been shown. And after a while, again, the words of the, that, um, diviner in Bolivia kind of kept coming back to me and I realized how many things he had said that had come true already. And I was like, wow, okay. So a lot of this is going to, my spiritual path is going to deviate and I'm going to travel in, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Um, Just along for the ride. Yeah, exactly. Whatever happens, happens. <laughs> exactly. Whatever happens in said country happens in whatever said country. Exactly. And so I was trying to be really, really open. And um, one night I, you know, I, I had this dream, which I later after pursuing my practice that I'll get into, um, I realized was an ancestral spirit that came and visited me. And in that, I was told very, very plainly that I needed to study shamanism, which that was always something way, way out in left field for me because I thought, no, that's specifically reserved for like indigenous peoples. And that's you know, not don't want to offend yeah, anybody. Exactly, like, like no. people get offended. Like <laughs> I, I was very worried about it. You know, I, I had been um, concerned with cultural appropriation or anything else like that. And so it really hadn't come into my field of view um, until this this dream that I had, and or vision or visitation, however you want to label it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So in that, I was told that I needed to pursue shamanism, but I needed to find someone who had a background or a connection to Pictish shamanism, Hmm. which I thought oddly specific for a culture we know very, very little about, but Hmm. okay. Um, And so that's kind of what I set out to do. I said, okay, well, I'm going to find a shaman who has some experience with... uh, at least any of that section, but especially like I looked for Pictish shamanism, shamanism, excuse me. And it took me down a rabbit hole, but I found uh, this woman named Two Birds who 
teaches cross-cultural shamanism. She's got just the most incredible and diverse background, like has lived among the San Bushmen and worked with them and has done work in the Americas and all of these other um, countries and continents and just knows so much. Um, but in that, it had mentioned Pictish shamanism. And I thought, what? <laughs> um, that I've not been able to find anyone... anyone anyone that oh had gosh. anything to do with that but it was funny because i i saw her picture first and i thought i i need to know who this is like who yeah, i'm drawn this, to this, this, person, this person, person yeah. i need to yeah. talk to i need to talk to this person at least and like exactly tell them out at the very least exactly exactly so. and so i thought all right so i dug a bit deeper and that's where i found like the like her background and saw the information about pictish shamanism and all of that stuff and i said okay this is it and she was in scotland and I said, well... Looks like I'm packing up and going to Scotland. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I said, okay, well, guess that's where I'm going to go. And I had never been to the UK. I hadn't... I knew no one over there. I just reached out and away I went. And that's essentially been what I've done on repeat um, for... Ugh, years now like I, I'm, I'm getting ready to go back and do some teachers training with her and a couple of my other uh shamanic practitioner friends over there um this april i'll be back to do more teachers training to help me be a better instructor in the way in the art you know in the in, in shamanism and help other people find their path as well and certify and do all of that and oh, i just i just really love it so much it's so diverse especially the cross-cultural shamanism because she is a practitioner who spent time with those people has been given permission to share and teach and they wanted that to happen mm. um, for their message and their knowledge to be spread and so that's what she's done and i feel so incredibly fortunate to have been a part of that yeah you know and be one of her students and I mean, yeah, it's an expensive adventure. I mean, not for the courses themselves, but for the traveling, you know? Oh, for like sure. It's, you know, if whew. I can say one thing that my dad always taught me is yeah. that the thing, the easy things, if they were easy, everyone would do them. Yeah. The harder things, that's the real testing of your metal. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so, yeah, I, I go over there regularly. I did a whole series of trainings with her and I've done... Uh, some of the teachers' trainings as well. And so I'm just trying to expand that. And I'm even doing some work with the um, shamanic, uh, what would you call it? Um, sanctuary, refuge, um, commune, whatever you want to call it. it it's, it's a retreat center that's yeah. been built. And I'm even kind of helping with that uh, in the position of a director of marketing for them. Uh, but also, you know, as a shamanic practitioner. So that's kind of... That's been my path up till now. That's that's pretty much everything that I've done. Plus, you know, starting my own practice in there somewhere. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's quite the the journey, and you know, that tapestry is still yet to unfold in some places. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. I know all of our listeners are glad to hear the good news, but also, I'm sure all of both myself and all of our li listeners are sending you that healing light, and yeah, I hope yeah. everything is good with. What's going on with with your health? Yeah, so yeah. We're, we're sending that worried. healing light to you. So, <laughs> well, thank you. It's well received. Um, you mentioned one of the at the start of that. You mentioned um, like 
paganism mm-hmm. and like your path. And then you mentioned one group that I have to have some clarification <laughs> on because you threw the curveball at me last time, yep. which is about also true. And then yeah. like your thoughts on like, uh, like the prison gang also true, oh, like the white supremacist, and then like the 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 Nazis use yep, of like yep, yep. the runes and that type of stuff. Yeah, in, using like, in that. Yeah, I've got to hear your response on my that. My response you... is is just the same as yours. Is it's complete and utter bullshit, and anybody who practices the way is not a bigoted piece of shit. So <laughs> we're not editing that out either. So we're keeping that in. So. Yeah. So there you go. That that's pretty much my stance and the supposed shaman that marched on the Capitol on the 6th is a piece of shit and all of that stuff I just don't I don't abide I don't abide hatred I don't abide no. um, any of that stuff and absolutely not I'm on we're, I'm glad we're both on the same page because <laughs> that, that'd be awkward if we weren't running this no, podcast no no well, well perfect well um, just like to end it like where is like where how like how can people find you? How can people oh, get yeah, in yeah, touch yeah. with you? Like, what's the best way to reach out to you? Like, and get in contact with you? Yeah, um, yeah. What are like some services you offer to people? Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about that. So I'm really easy to find. It's just theutahshaman.com. Um, same handle on Instagram. Pretty sure it's on TikTok too, though. I haven't done anything with that yet, but I will be here real soon. Um, but in terms of services, so. I have an incredible passion for teaching. Um, I love it. And that's why I keep going back for the teacher's training. So I do certifications. I do coursework. I do introduction uh, introduction work to shamanism, like introductory courses. I do wildling courses so I can teach wilderness survival and combine that with spirituality and, you know, fun outings. But also in terms of like healing services and like, you know, I do shamanic healings and extraction work. Uh, I, I do work with the dead. I do all kinds of stuff, man. Mm. But then also, as always, I offer a Chikara no Rido. I, I do that hands-on energy healing work as well. Which um, is very magical <laughs> as well. So if you could ever, if you're ever in Utah, um, definitely meet with, meet with uh, Bjolan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had that done three times already, and it's. It's been magical. It's been a magical experience ever, ever since, ever since I've had that done. Like just <laughs> noticing the differences and the, the releasing and re, just releasing a lot of, a lot of shit. I'll just say that. So, <laughs> well, I'm really glad to hear that. And honestly, like even if you're not local or if you can't make it out to Utah, I regularly travel and hold courses elsewhere. And so, if there's enough interest. I might be in your neighborhood, so you know, don't be afraid to reach out and let me know what you think. <laughs> well, perfect. So, well, that's perfect. That was such a pleasure to interview the one, the only, the well father, my co-host. <laughs> um, it was a pleasure to be here too, man. Absolutely, and we look forward to bringing you many more episodes with many more magical people here. And uh, this is Soul Chat signing out. Thank you again.